HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. I'm HRN's Communication Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of the next episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. We're exploring the future of eating animals, and we're going beyond typical meat sources. If you look at the length of human history, we've been eating insects a lot longer than we haven't been in the United States and Western Europe. We're looking at unusual ways to purchase meat. People are like, really? Why would I want to buy that out of machine? And we introduce you to Frank Reese, a poultry farmer whose traditional farming methods are featured in a new documentary. I'm a fourth-generation farmer in Kansas, and I focus basically all on standard-bred poultry and have my whole life. He's kind of the last one standing with these rarefied breeds that are so important for if we're going to eat chicken and turkey into the future. He's essential. He's a national treasure. Listen to Meat and 3 this week to better understand the history and the future of meat. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour! It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Katie Moseman-Wadler. I'm not Kat Johnson, but I am the executive director of HRN. And my beautiful and wonderful co-host, Kat, is unable to join us at the moment because she is going and getting ready for an awesome event at MOFAD that we're going to tell you about in just a minute. Um, But I am joined here in the studio, as usual, by a good representation of the HRN team. Uh, To my right, we have the wonderful Jordan Berry, our Julia Child fellow alumna. Hello. And Liza Hamm, our special project coordinator. Hello there. In the booth, making us all sound great, we've got Dave Tattashore. Yeah, yeah, Philly yeah, represent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also Margaret <laughs> Kelly. Hey, Margaret, we're getting wave. Um, and we have some really special guests in studio <laughs> with us today. Um, first, making her radio debut, we have oh, Julie Tanis. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Julie's the recipe developer and the blogger and co-creator of Julie and Jesse, which she creates with actor Jesse Tyler Ferguson. 
And um, she's recently put together a piece for Cook Real Food Every Day magazine. And our other guest is related to that. We have President and Chief Creative Officer of Hoffman Media, Brian Hart Hoffman. Welcome back to Happy Hour. Thank you. Happy to be back. So you were on previously talking about Bake from Scratch with Ed Kimber, and um, I missed that episode because I had the flu and I was crying at home. <laughs> it was so sad, and I'm so happy to have you back in studio. So this is payback to today, today for Kat to not exactly. be here. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Now we have to have you back again when we're both yeah, so here we have, on a we normal have one more show. coming. Yes. 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 Um, so um, we don't have uh, too much as far as news and announcements this week, but we do have this event um, that Kat's prepping for right now that I'd love to have Liza tell you about. David, if you want to cue up our news music. All right, so milk at MoFad. Milk has become the cause of a lot of debate and anxiety lately, provoking a remarkable amount of conversation. But as James Beard award-winning author Mark Kolansky discovered while writing his book, Milk, a 10,000-year food fracas, dairy has been at the center of food safety and global economics for hundreds of years. Come learn more about our turbulent relationship with dairy at MoFad tonight, Thursday, June 28th at 6.30 p.m., um, it's sold out at the moment, so hopefully you've already gotten your tickets. Mm-hmm. Kat will actually be interviewing Mark, so I'm sure it's going to be great. You probably know that from the New York Times because Flo Fab told us that Kat was going to be in- interviewing. Um, so please, uh, if you are lucky enough to be there, post it on your social media because um, the rest of us would really like to see Kat. <laughs> and uh, we think it's going to be an awesome panel, and we're really excited to be doing um, this awesome partnership with MoFad. So um, without further ado, um, I would love to jump in uh, to our interview segment of the show. And just to give you guys a heads up, we're going to start off with the interview and then um, we'll take a little break. We'll come back and wrap things up. And then we are going to hit you with our usual round of trivia. So I remember. Don't (laughs) say I didn't warn you. Are we in drinking games? We always ask about things uh, at which our guests are experts. So, oh boy. And uh, last time I scored zero. <laughs> so you can a, only improve. Let me get Google. Games. Let me get yeah. my phone ready. Yeah. I think I, zero I, might be the average score, actually. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I was in, the, in yeah. line with normal performance. Uh-huh. Um, we get upset when people get our trivia questions right, actually. We're just like, wait, you cheated. This was too hard. Yeah. <laughs> like we wanted it to be. Exactly. Um, okay. So, Brian, you've been on before. Um, but you've got a new project out. And so for in case anybody missed the last episode, could you give just a quick overview of um, what Hoffman Media is all about and then tell us about some of your uh, recent publications? Sure. So Hoffman Media is a family-owned and operated publishing company that my mom started 35 years ago in the basement of our house. I was three years old. And uh, over the course of the company's history, we have just really continued our commitment and dedication to niche subject matter. We find the audiences are very engaged, and today we publish 12 uh, nationally distributed magazines and social media platforms and websites. And 
Um, we just continue to grow. We just found out this week that we are officially in the top 10 for the nation's publishers. So, yes. That is and we were the only publishing company in the top 10 to experience full year growth on the newsstand in 2017. Awesome. So, big, yeah, and a huge shout out to our team in Birmingham. We have a wonderful group of uh creative colleagues that just continue to push our brands every single day. And we have continued to launch new brands. You know, that's another news flash in today's <laughs> media market is that's not the norm. So all sort of, yeah, all sorts of print media are right now dying to know what your secret yeah. is. <laughs> Literally dying to you know. know. <laughs> the first thing I would say is we really, really listen to our audience and what they want. And we don't bring any preconceived notion to the conversation that we know better than them or that we're going to, you know, pour money into something that's not working. We we love to test concepts and we know pretty quickly, you know, if consumer demand is there. Um, so three years ago, we launched Bake from Scratch and Southern Cast Iron and Southern Home Magazine. And my mom even started another craft magazine, which is how our company started back in 1983. So that was three years ago and then just this year we've launched yet another brand and that's why Julie's sitting here with me today and um, she and Jesse were so gracious and invited us to come back to California and work with them but we launched Cook Real Food Every Day, um, a brand completely dedicated to wholesome, delicious meals that you can prepare at the end of a busy day. We we really want to fill that gap between gourmet cooking that takes all weekend and a lot of time in the kitchen. And we still want people to have something that tastes like you're in a restaurant and you're eating cuisine with wonderful flavors. And we want to bring new ingredients into your pantry so that the flavor profiles just continue to evolve and, and, and you find it a pleasure to cook. Um, so that is how we really stepped in to cook real food every day. We've published three issues now, and they continue to grow, and the demand is there. So Amazing. Um, so we'll come back to sort of your beginnings. Um, yeah. But while we're talking about the connection between you two, Julie, tell us a little bit about your work and the blog and how you came to produce the, this beautiful feature from, from Cook. I can't believe I have to follow you. That was... <laughs> You set the bar. Can I? I wish I could have gone first. Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> Tell us about who you are as a recipe developer and a blogger, and um, uh, and how you came to work with Ryan. Yeah. So I actually was a career changer. I worked in uh, PR in the music industry, and I just reached a point where it was like life's too short. I have to pursue. Uh, what makes me happy and it took me a good year I was taking a lot of recreational cooking classes and I lived actually here in New York City um, where I met my husband and I was taking a lot of recreational cooking classes and finally got the guts to just enroll in culinary school so I went to the Institute of Culinary, culinary Education ICE uh, in the city and um, after that was at in the test kitchen at Sever for a little while and then we moved to Los Angeles because of my husband's job I was like I don't know what I want to do. I don't know anyone in the food world. I did a little bit of private chefing. Um, and then I met Jesse Tyler Ferguson one night at a, uh, a dinner party, had a little too much to drink. And we <laughs> had this ambitious idea to write a cookbook together after knowing each other for like five minutes. Um, and we're like, we should probably spend some time in the kitchen <laughs> together first and cook. Um, and we did. And it was just love at first sight. I mean, I, it, we have such a, an amazing relationship. Um, 
So he and I just, I kind of was like, I want to pursue this with you. And we've been cooking together and um, we develop recipes together and for beautiful magazines like Bake From Scratch and Cook and um, hopefully writing a cookbook together. And what else? Where are you from, Julie? (laughs) It's funny. People that know Alabama, I'm like, North Alabama. They're like, but where? I'm like, oh, no. Um, I'm from a small town, Coleman, Alabama, which is about 40 miles north of Birmingham. And funny story, when Brian and I first met through Instagram, uh, we had, they wanted to do a feature on Jesse and me and Bake from Scratch. So we... And I didn't know where she was from. I, I just knew they were in California. They had started a food blog. We knew that that would be a really cool story to profile, you know, Jesse Tyler Ferguson turned food personality and his blog partner, Julie. Yeah. I mean, for, for our listeners, just in case anyone's like racking their brain, oh, yeah, Jesse sorry. Tyler Ferguson know this name. He plays Mitch on the ABC show, Modern Family. Correct. Um, so it, just throwing that out there in case anyone was like, who's that? No, I, think I, got a little, I think I got a little ADD and didn't answer any oh, questions that you asked me. I didn't but, actually but, ask that one. Okay. I just thought maybe we should throw it in there. I'm a huge yeah. fan. I'm oh, like, oh, go. good. Yeah. So, um, so we were on the phone. Yeah. So we're, we're going back and forth via Instagram message and Jesse and I had received no press or anything and I was like eh, we got this request for you know to be featured in this magazine so long story short we're on a conference call we're making things happen and it's Brian and Brooke and uh, me and uh, Jesse and Kevin who helps us with our blog and I hear Brian ac- Brian's accent I'm like where where are you from? It's like, we're based in Birmingham. Where are you from? And I'm like, uh, I'm from a small town, Coleman. He's like, shut up. <laughs> I was born there. Oh yes, I was. Turns yes, out was. Brian's godparents know my parents. Really? We have tons of mutual connections. That My we, dad yeah. sold his godfather his first house. Um, oh, my God. Sold my dad and his twin and, brother a house. Yeah, then we've yeah. got, I mean, crazy connections. Um so it obviously was, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I have to meet you guys. And then when they came out for the photo shoot, all the I'm sure Jesse was like, these Southern accents. Oh, my God. He lot, loved it. A lot of Southern. <laughs> lot Where's of y'all? Where's Jesse y'all? from? New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So, so different kind of Southern. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So tell us about this feature. I was lucky to get a copy um, in advance, and uh, it's just absolutely beautiful and it's... making me incredibly hungry. There's like incredible chicken legs on the front of it, um, but really colorful and fresh recipes. Do you have sort of a cooking ethos behind the blog? Um, or are you experimenting? Are you looking for a particular theme as you think about a cookbook? Um, we're, we're actually working on that. You know, Jesse and I cook everything, and I think especially living in Los Angeles. There's lots of trendy... There's a party happening out there. Um, <laughs> Everyone's so excited to hear the answer to this question. Yeah. Um, they, we, we cook everything, and there's lots of trendy diets and fads. And, you know, one day Jesse and I, are, we say we're cooking super slutty food today, and then the next day we're cooking really healthy. So we eat everything, we cook everything. Um, and, yeah, we, when people ask me what our theme is or, or what type of food I really we eat everything and um we're inspired by everything from like travels to um 
whatever my daughter wants for dinner and turning that into a gourmet chicken finger or, um, so yeah, it's, we're discovering. When, when we started wanting to work with them more, it was because we saw a lot of that same overlap with some of our brands and bake from scratch, obviously sugar, you know, sweet things, treats and desserts. And we, we I tend to lean towards baking. <laughs> yeah. We featured, you know, that, that was the first story we produced with them was a sweet story for a holiday issue of bake from scratch. But because we know their brand is also the flip side of that coin and it's wholesome everyday meals that the Monday through Friday menu, we knew we wanted to get back in the kitchen with them and include the story and cook real food every day. Do you and Jesse have sort of the same strengths in the kitchen? Do you, Um, one does one thing, one does the other? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I do have a culinary degree, so, um, but Jesse is such an organized person and he's, he's actually a great cook um, and it's funny because we'll get together and cook and I, I'm like, I know how to mince garlic. I know how to, I know how to chop an onion. I've learned all of that. So I'm taking the shortcut and getting my mincer out. And Jesse, first of all, he grocery shops himself. He dices the onion. He does everything. And I'm like, you know, there's, you don't have to do all that work. Like one time we were doing a recipe with pistachios and he was like shelling the pistachios <laughs> and uh, he, he does, he's, he's such a, like, He's such a great cook, and he wants to learn, so I think he likes taking the long, you know, route to things because he wants to learn how to do it and practice his knife skills. And um, so I – sorry, Jesse. I guess I'm the stronger cook because I have a culinary degree. (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. But he is – Who likes to do, you know, like what? Um, And Jesse's very organized, and he's a very good dishwasher too. Oh, right. (laughs) Like I always end up in the other room with a glass of wine when we're done cooking. Um, he's, you know, I, I feel like I get so many tips from Jesse on how to organize my pantry and my, you know, every time I leave his kitchen, I go home and reorganize something cause I like the way Jesse had his. <laughs> <laughs> any, any breakthroughs to share there? Um, I'm a, not a very organized person, but I do keep a nice OXO kitchen. containers. Oh yeah. Jesse and I share a love for the container store. Um, and he, he has a different pantry, so he uses ball jar or mason jars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the OXO containers that pop. But, and then they, have, they make labels. So I, could just, I could go on for hours about organization. But, um, yeah, I, OXO. <laughs> ad. Yeah, hashtag like, ad. Uh, call her. <laughs> she's, she's obviously uh, willing to promote. As far as I know, they're not actually our sponsor today, but yeah. they might as well be. So, also, give us a call. <laughs> we're in the midst of our summer fundraising drive. We'll talk more about that later. So, also, we're looking at you. Um, Brian, are there um, particular like food philosophies that are central to um, either cook real food every day or to bake from scratch? And, and how do you um, reach out to people who are um, maybe not cooking at home as much as they would like to be? So for cook real food every day, that is, that's a question I'm asked a lot as people are getting to know this brand is, you know, what is the philosophy behind the culinary development, the, you know, the flavors and profiles that you'll see in the pages? And you touched on this a minute ago, Julie. We are not wanting to create a magazine that is every page paleo compliant or Whole30 compliant. However, a lot of the recipes are by nature of flavor and development. 
So we don't want to put ourselves in such a narrow corner. And there are plenty of brands that are doing a wonderful job at that. Let me not say that as a negative, but our intent was to offer something that has a lot of variety. And I find most of my friends that are doing any of the specialized eating programs, they know how to make the adaptations that work for what they're wanting to do. And so we start with a pretty clean approach to the flavors, and really it's a lot of fresh. I mean, we just really believe in that kind of, I always talk about the European lifestyle of stopping at the market on the way home, and what you buy that day, you cook that night. And I live that way, and and I know you do too. And I, I think for us in Cook Real Food Every Day, we want to encourage people to be in the kitchen and see that they can experience different flavors and different methods of cooking that they didn't know before. And we're using solutions like sheet pan suppers and doing custom recipes that can be made in an instant pot or a, a slow cooker. You, We give the variation for that. Um, every single recipe in the magazine, we give five-minute morning prep tips so that if you carve out five minutes while you're having a cup of coffee, you can come home and have a lot of the, the beginning work done. So it makes it more encouraging to get in the kitchen. And I also find if I prep something in the morning, it's not easy to divert from that during the day because I'm like, well, gosh, I already have that in the works. I need to go home and finish what I started. (laughs) But if I haven't prepped, it's easy to be like, ah, I'll just grab a salad at this place on the way home. So, um, but we also understand that in that same theory, you know, we have weeknight baking in Cook Real Food every day because Uh, Bake from scratch takes care of the long form baking, as we call it, where you're going to spend a lot of time. But we know that for busy lives, you still have those evenings that you're entertaining guests or you're making something for your child to take to school the next day and you need it to be done in a weeknight. Mm -hmm. So we just tried to find those things that actually apply to our everyday lives as busy professionals. Um, But it fits for a parent, it fits for a professional, and it fits for someone that just wants to be in the kitchen. I think that morning prep tip is so brilliant yeah and it's one of those things it's like we're not the first people to ever think (laughs) of those things but we we may be the first to put it on every page of a magazine and say we broke this down so that if you see this is an easy element to start your day you're going to come home and have an easier solution to a delicious dinner at night you were the first to make me think of it unless (laughs) i'm having like a dinner party and it's the weekend it i'm not really a morning person but it definitely doesn't occur to me to prep anything before I leave the house but I think that it would be a little it's a little bit like paying for your gym membership or something where you've Mm -hmm. created this commitment it's like a little (laughs) built-in guilt trip that you have to get home and finish it I think that's so great it helps if you have kids too (laughs) I'm also the opposite of a morning person and I'm thinking about this in a different way where the idea of having kitchen prep to do in the morning might actually get me out of bed sooner because the kitchen part isn't the problem for me but the getting out of bed is (laughs) it's like something fun (laughs) to do before you like head into the office and yeah it is like that little like morning little break in your mind it's like okay i'm gonna get ready for tonight you're out you're already thinking of kind of how great the dinner's going. right and you've already get to check something off your <laughs> yeah, like, accomplishment like, starts early yeah. <laughs> and i'm not a morning person either for the record so that checking something off earlier in the day definitely makes me feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> i i think this is really really cool <laughs> Did you have a question, Liza? I did. Well, I also wanted to talk. I think it's the latest issue of Baked from Scratch that you did the Baker's Dozen. Yes. So I wanted you to tell me a little bit about that. So every year we, you know, in the beginning when we launched Baked from Scratch, we obviously have had amazing opportunity to work with so many of the 
bakers, makers, bloggers, Instagrammers, everyone in the baking world. Um, and we fully 100% want to be a crucial element to the global baking community. We know that it's made up of people and cultures and all sorts of different people that make this industry so wonderful. And I challenged myself and our team and I thought how do we do this in a way that once a year it's kind of that like list of list you know we work with a lot of people throughout the year and we keep our eye on a lot of people so this is this moment that we get to announce our 13 people that we just can't stop focusing on you know for their amazing work so we let the true dozen the there's 12 that are you know kind of I don't want to say the up-and-coming names because a lot of them are already well known but then that 13th name, we name an, an icon, uh, somebody that's been in this industry for a long time. They've probably published multiple, multiple you know, cookbooks and have television shows. And for us, it, it's just a way that we can honor 13 people that we think are doing the best in the baking world. Um, but, you know, we again, we try to feature as many people as we can because we know we're not doing it alone. Um, so, yeah. Baker's dozen on newsstands now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to take take a few giant leaps um, back to sort of the the genesis of your career, Ryan, because like Julie, you're a career changer. I understand. I am. Yes. Uh, so uh, tell us about what you did before you were um, with Hoffman Media. So I, as a child, I had a lifetime dream of working in the airline industry. Um, travel has always been something that I, I knew from an early age at like three or four years old that I wanted to be a flight attendant. Um, and so many people would say, are you sure you don't want to be a pilot? They make so much more money. And I said, yeah, but I can't imagine being up in the flight deck and not being able to talk to people. <laughs> I've always obviously been a and very social. Yeah. And Use I need to be animated. I can't sit all day. So, um, so I had an amazing eight year career as a flight attendant and I, I, I loved every minute of it. It was the dream come true. And, uh, I was in the industry during, you know, the tragic events of nine 11 and the airline bankruptcies. And I lost my job and moved to the West coast and started working for Alaska airlines. They were, you know, they were the only airline growing and hiring during this very downturn in an industry. And I was fortunate enough to get a job with them. And I ended up living in Anchorage, Alaska for two and a half years, wow. a place I, I had been once at high school graduation. And I remember thinking, I never once thought on that vacation, I would live here one day. And, and it was a wonderful adventure. And it was, a, it is still a place very near and dear to my heart. But um, yeah, and then I moved down to Seattle and worked in the corporate headquarters for the training program, and I was able to teach people how to be a flight attendant. <laughs> but then my mom had built a business that um, was growing, and she was having the conversations about what is the future of Hoffman Media? Is it a multi-generation family business? Is it a business that she would one day sell for her to go, you know, to have retirement? And my brother and I both, within six months of each other, left our jobs and joined the business. He was here in New York. He was working on Wall Street. And uh, his business, you know, brain is not, <laughs> it's not something I share. Um, I have a creative brain. But our mom has this beautiful blend of both. She is a CPA by education, and she is so creative. So together, my brother and I form a really great uh, joining of these two opposite brains to, you know, continue and lead our family's publishing company. Very cool. Yeah. 
Um, so on that uh, beautiful story of partnership, we're going to take a quick break to have a word from our partners who help make Heritage Radio Network possible. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of moments to continue our interview and then um, subject our guests to <laughs> trivia. Pour another glass of wine. I need some more wine. <laughs> A drink man, If I come into a party hidden rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hidden rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hidden rats like this, all you superficial rappers will cease to exist. If I come into a party hidden rats like this, all you what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound. What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy saltwater? What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. I'm Souther Teague of Amoria Margo and a co-host of The Speakeasy right here on Heritage Radio Network. You know, my favorite thing to do every week is to come here and be on the show. I have lots of jobs. I'm a very busy person. Um, and I do this because I love it. I get to sit down and talk to all my heroes for about an hour every week. It's incredible. And I hope that you enjoy it, making a great effort to share with you. And we'd like you to share back with us. It's our summer fundraiser, and we'd love for you to donate uh, at heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate. You can click on the beating heart, and you can even choose shows that you'd like to donate to specifically. And you can also choose a recurring monthly uh, gift. Uh, and for all that, we'd be greatly appreciative. Thank you so much. Welcome back to HRN Happy Hour. Thank you, Souther, for those kind words. It is, in fact, the midst of our summer fun drive. Um, we are looking to raise $25,000 by the end of July, and we would be really grateful if you would make your voice heard by becoming a member by visiting heritageradionetwork.org slash donate or just clicking on the beating heart at the top right of your screen. And uh, we're happy to be back in studio with Brian Hart Hoffman and Julie Tanis. And uh, we were over the break talking a little bit about travel because it was all so beautifully thematically linked because our sponsor today is Alaskan Seafood. And um, we were just talking about Brian's time in the airline industry and living in Anchorage. And um, the, the next question that I wanted to ask, um, to, we'll start with Brian and then we'll also um, go to Julie, is how have um, you know your past career experiences and and for you Brian I think that means a lot of travel 
um, had an influence on the work that you're doing today and specifically through the food content that you're producing? So that's the really cool link between my airline career and my creative career now in media is the reason I ever really wanted to to get involved in food was because I experienced new flavors while traveling. I, I did grow up learning like biscuit baking with my mom and some things like that, but it wasn't like I was a passionate baker as a child. I actually really started wanting to bake things after I had traveled and tasted them and wanted to recreate them at home for friends and family because I was so inspired by what I, I experienced. And that's still true today. So I think a lot of our editorial development for even our you know publications that are southern based and have a southern focus discovering these new places in the south or just even our other brands international destinations that are you know influencing the way we eat um you know two years ago three years ago it wasn't common to see people talking about harissa in a recipe at home you could eat it in restaurants and you would enjoy it but now the products are more available um, when sriracha made its big move into the marketplace, something that influenced the way people were cooking at home. I, I think it's true for me as well. When I travel, I am always eyes and mouth open, tasting new things and figuring out a way to incorporate it into the pages of our magazines in a way that's relatable to a U.S. home cook or baker. So we do the creative work to figure out how you can have that in your home. Julie. <laughs> Again, why do I have to follow you? Um, well, it's funny. I didn't grow up cooking either. And my mom, uh, no offense, mom, was a working woman. And I have so much respect for her for that. But she didn't cook a lot. If she did, we kind of had the same chicken dish like every night. So um, it was shocking to people when I went to culinary school. People from Alabama, they're like, "Do you, did you even know where the pans were growing up? And I... I didn't, I think part of the reason I didn't cook is because, oh, more wine is <laughs> yes. Reinforcements. Um, is it Lambrusco? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think the, uh, the role of women in the kitchen when I was growing up was very different what it is today. And I think growing up, I was like, I want to be a career woman like my mom. I want to work. I don't want to be a, in the kitchen, you know, um, not that there's... <laughs> anything wrong with that but I I just didn't think about cooking until I traveled and eventually moved to New York City where I was exposed to the most amazing food from you know all types of cuisine um like the first time I had sushi was in Tuscaloosa Alabama roll time oh boy I was like sushi's okay and then I moved to New York and had sushi and of course now I live in LA and I have Amazing. In my opinion, the best sushi ever. But I remember my now husband, my boyfriend, taking me to my first sushi experience. I was like, oh, my God. Like, So it was actually traveling and, and moving to New York that inspired me to want to create that in my own kitchen at home and eventually go to culinary school. That's amazing. <laughs> um, that I, I really... Um, I, I relate to that on, on many levels. Yeah. And uh, I think that, um, you know, life is just improved so much by traveling, but when it can help you discover and appreciate things that are, are so core and essential mm -hmm. to, to who you are, I think that's amazing. Um, so we are going to have to transition towards that part of our show where we are going to do a little trivia. Have more some more wine, Julie. Give me. 
We asked uh, DJ Dave to go get us some wine reinforcement. Oh, so of course it's Lambrusco because this was um, his favorite. And uh, if you're on the mailing list, you know. Yeah, you, you know things from our email newsletter. We've already tormented him this week. I don't think um, this is chilled enough. Just saying. Ooh, oh, I was about to say it's. Perfectly chilled. Oh, I I'll, I'll just edit that part of the show. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's our first trivia question. Is this Lumbersco correctly nice. chilled? <laughs> um, could, it, could it use a degree on either side? Um, so I think uh, with our trivia questions, um, right now uh, only Eliza and I know the answers, so you're definitely welcome to phone a friend. And I think we'll go through them in an order to sort of uh, uh, echo first our travel conversation. So that's a big hint. And then we'll sort of venture into some other themes that you are intimately familiar with. Um, so to start things off, also you guys are a team. I was about to say, are oh, we yeah, competing no, yeah. against each no, other? No, 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 you're a team. This is I'm really competitive. Trivia. You don't have your buzzer in your head. Um, but we will definitely make note of who gets the questions right first, Julie. And Brian will remind me of this <laughs> all night if he wins. <laughs> Um, well, we'll get things... Uh, okay, okay. Well, there's only one way to find out, <laughs> boys and girls. Um, first question, where was the first closed oven invented? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. We're looking yeah, for we're a country. We're for a country. Oh, country. Looking for a country. <laughs> I felt like that was a France. Uh, Wait, no, you did not no. consult with me. Okay, what do you think? Conference. Say it in the microphone. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. Just anything on your mind. Go for it. What's your thought process? Um... I'm trying to She's think. very indecisive. Oh, I'm We've so <laughs> indecisive. <laughs> the Japanese music is very uh. stressful. Would you like a hint? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of how to do this. Do you probably know what joke I'm trying to think of? The about US? A, There's a joke about a river oh. in oh, this yeah. country. I uh, almost uh, <laughs> said the rain is spraying. <laughs> 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 so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so wait, we're saying country? I, it ain't just a river... That's a joke? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking this. I actually I'll tell you know more of the joke. Thought, you know what I'm trying to say. I thought it was. I'm going to get really close to the giveaway. Of, I thought oh, it was yeah, yeah. living well, on the banks that's of. That's another variant. Do you know that one? The Chattahoochee. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song. Though. Denial. <laughs> oh, Egypt. Egypt. I knew that. It's I was just, just saving that. It's Egypt. First closed oven. That was a hard one. Hard, 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 hard. This might be easier. It was hard for me, too. I will never forget that, though. Might be easier. Where was the first German chocolate cake invented? What country? Germany. <laughs> Germany. The United States. We tend to do trick- David's, David's got it. The U.S. The U.S. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, gosh, I was starting to dance. Was it the, Mid- was was it the Midwest? I actually don't have any further information on our trivia you know research. That? Do you know, Jordan? I've... I've coconut, read. I feel like coconut. I think it was somewhere in the Midwest. I think it was the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Point for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense based on immigration patterns and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I yes. feel like whether or not we know that, we can yeah. we can pretend we do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's a, a baking science question. Um, also, our lovely intern, uh, Victoria Harvey, prepared these, and she's a recent grad as of a few days ago the food and finance high school so um she's got a lot of technical knowledge about food and baking so her question is um 
which leavener makes a baked good rise rather than spread? We Go for just it. had this yeah, issue. We, yeah. Well, that was the browning. The, the, the and the rising soda. and it collapsed. Yeah, so baking soda. Wait, I'm going to get this so wrong. I've had too much wine. <laughs> Which one makes it rise rather than spread? Baking powder for the rise. Yes. Baking soda yes. for the spread. You got it. Yes. You got it. <laughs> we, had a, we had a baking issue on our recent... Uh, oh, no, that was another feature. Anyway, I was she in did Bryant. a story for Taste of the South throwing it back to Alabama with sorghum. And we learned so much about climate because I was testing it in LA and then we tested it in Alabama, which is, oh boy. It's, it's way more humid. Um, and a gas oven versus electric. Gas oven. versus electric. There was a baking soda, baking pot. I mean, it was really fascinating. Wow. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Point for me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> time, time for a classic pastry question. Um, which type of custard is the correct filling for an eclair? Is it, you get multiple choice. Oh, good. Creme anglaise, creme patissier, creme francaise, or creme brulee? Creme anglaise? No. No. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> but Brian knows. Brian knows. It's the creme patis- patisserie, You're right? right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Shoot. I learned that from the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. yeah. Love that show. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm making my Howard face right now. <laughs> All right. Well, the next couple of questions, Julia, are for you because we thought we probably oh. shouldn't end the show without doing like a little bit of a throw to modern family. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, um, in, adv- in advance, Jesse. I will say they're food related. Okay. This one, though, is actually really hard because I had to go find a clip. And they didn't even say it. I found it on a poster in a clip. So, oh. what is the name of Gloria's hot sauce brand in Modern Family? Caliente. <laughs> Don't know. You're definitely on the right track. Brian, do you know? I can see. I can see it in my mind, and I can hear her saying it in the uh-huh. show. But I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. I don't know. My mom would know. Salsa Atomica, right? Salsa Atomica. Salsa oh, yeah. Atomica way off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we had to really scour the okay. internet for that answer, so don't worry. <laughs> um, and, okay, so on the show, Gloria goes to try to make a sale of hot sauce at a parody of uh, what, what might be seen as a, a comedic knockoff of Gwyneth Paltrow's office. What is the name of her company on the neon sign on the wall? Of Gwyneth Paltrow's? Yeah. Nope. Well, of, well so what, <laughs> one, can you name Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, lifestyle brand? Yeah. Goop. Yeah. So what's, for the, me. what's the Modern Family parody? Splooch. So, uh, <laughs> poop. Poop. <laughs> what else you got? I like these I just guesses. really wanted to say poop on radio. <laughs> I like these guesses. I mean, you went right in for that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we can fulfill that on your first try, too. This is really, Bucket like... Bucket moment for I mean, her. forget trivia. Like, you've just won the radio. No. I've cussed and said poop. I don't know the I answer. I don't know. Anyone? It's, Do you know? It's so it's cheating. not splooch? We talked about this earlier, but... Oh, you were in there. It's, uh... It's, if you want a hint, do you, you watch the show? It's where... What's her name? H- Haley. Haley. Haley works. Haley works. Yeah, she works for the lady. 
that owns this brand. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the correct I was answer. Really just, just giving David time um, to pull up that. I think that's how it's pronounced. I think so. I think so. It's actually spelled N-E-R-P, but it probably is pronounced like the sounds that we're hearing through nerp. our headphones. Nerp. Nerp. Really? That is the goop parody. From Modern Family. Well, I have great news for you guys, which is that you have won trivia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on HR and Happy Hour. Our time has flown by, and I hope that you'll both come back and hang out with us of again. Course. This was Thank so fun. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Thank you so much. We've had Brian Hart Hoffman and Julie Tanis on air. Um, hopefully um, HR and Happy Hour regulars in the future. So big thanks to you guys. Thanks again, David Tatashore, our engineer, Margaret Kelly, Liza Hamm, Jordan Warner, Victoria Harvey. Thank you to Kat. We know you're here in spirit and break a leg tonight. And we will see you all next week. That's a wrap. And thanks for listening to HR and Happy Hour. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage.